Who call us? Hey, who are you? I- I'm the butler, officer. Mrs. Tangrove's body is in there. Uh, there. Uh, shot once, eh? Uh, what do you know about this? Well, I was in the rear of the house, and, and suddenly there was the sound of a shot. I rushed in here, she was lying there. I called the police department. Didn't see anybody around? No prowlers? I noticed no one, sir. I was in the pantry cleaning some silver. Where's the phone? I'll have to get homicide out here. Uh, there's a phone in the hall. Uh, this way, sir. I can't imagine who'd do a thing like this, sir. Hold it. What is wrong? That young fellow standing out on the lawn. He belongs around here? I don't believe I've ever seen him before. That's a gun in his hand. Hey, you stay here. All right, fella, drop the gun. Drop the gun, I said. That's better. I've been fired, too. Stick out your mitts, fella. Now, what's your name? Hey. Hey, what's the matter with you? I... I don't know. How do you like that? The kid passed out cold. This is Steve Granger, private detective, with a story about a dead woman and a dumb kid. A sweet little frame for murderers you ever saw during which bullets fanned the breeze and I fanned the sidewalk. In just a moment, I'll take you back to one of my most interesting cases. This is Granger. I was seated at the desk in my office, eyeing a letter I just received from a would-be client who wasn't going to be, because I don't fool with divorce cases. I looked up to greet another one. A girl in the mid-twenties with every possible asset. Beautiful figure, glorious hair, lovely clothes, and a voice like this. Mr. Granger, I want you to clear my brother of a murder charge. Murder? I'm Irene Polly. My brother Ronald is under arrest. What a second, Mr. Polly. This, uh, this is the story in the morning paper? Yes. A woman was found dead in the living room. Safe had been looted or $30,000 in jewels. Your brother was found standing on the lawn outside. The gun he had in his hand proved to be the murder weapon. I know it looks bad, Mr. Granger. It looks worse than just bad. I don't know what uh, I can do for you in a case like this. Please, Mr. Granger, just go down and listen to what Ronald has to say. Please. All right, if you wish. I'll drop in and see my friend Lieutenant Jake Rankin. Welcome to what's on your latest mind today. A lot of things, Lieutenant. Mainly a boy named Ronald Polly. Mr. Granger, you are batting that skull of yours against a closed case. We've got Ronald Polly and got him but good. Just the same. How about letting me talk with him, huh? Hmm. That might be a very smart idea. You could help the department out. Oh? The kid won't admit shooting the Tangro woman. And moreover, he won't name his accomplice, the one who must have got away with the jewelry. In other words, your case might not be as strong as you intimated to the papers. We intimated nothing. We merely told the newsmen exactly what we found. Oh, now, now, watch your temperature, Dick. Forget my temperature. Now, come on. How about playing along with us? Why not? 
couple of his high school pals formed a car stripping gang. We caught them. They were convicted. Was he sent up? No, no. He got out on parole. Hmm. Hey, here's his cell. Okay, you can have ten minutes. Right. Well, who are you? Why are you here? My name's Steve Granger. Your sister asked me to come around and have a little talk with you. You're not a cop? No, I'm a private eye. Your sister thinks you're innocent. I didn't kill that woman. I didn't steal anything. I don't even remember how I got out in that district. What do you mean you don't remember? Well, I don't. The last thing I remember yesterday is around noon. I, I was walking down 8th Street. The wind was blowing and I got something in my eye. Yeah, at least that checks. There was a stiff breeze around the time yesterday. Okay, Kate, let's hear the rest of it. I couldn't get whatever it was out. There was a pool room up a few doors, so I thought I'd go inside and have somebody help me. Say, mister, what is it? Well, I've got something in my eye. wonder if you'd use my handkerchief and get it out. Mm, uh, let me see your eye. Mm, uh, a cinder, but embedded uh, pretty deeply. Suppose I'd better see a doctor. Suppose you come over to my place. I have a soothing notion that we can use this. It will remove the cinder also. Well, gee, I don't want you to go to any trouble, mister. No, uh, no trouble at all, my boy. his room. He, he washed out my eye. And then? That, that's all I remember. What did the man look like? Well, he was short, black hair, swarthy complexion. I had some kind of a, of a foreign accent. Where was this room? I was so worried about my eye, I didn't exactly notice, but it was up the block from the pool room. Mr. Granger, what are they going to do to me? You're being held on suspicion of murder, Ronald. I didn't kill her. I couldn't have. Ronald. Yeah, Mr. Granger. What happened to your partner? The one who got away with the Tangrove jewelry. What? So you're on their side, too. You want me to confess to something I don't know anything about? Well, get out of here. Get out. All right, all right. Get out of the right. I want a lawyer. And keep this, this spy away from me. Not any more than you did. Ten to one, he's covering up for an accomplice. But we'll find him, don't worry. One thing you can give me, Jake. What? The names of the two kids who were in that car stripping racket with a Polly boy. <laughs> Lieutenant Rankin got into the files, broke out the names of the two other boys, and waved me out of his office, muttering something about insane private eyes who didn't know an open and shut case when they saw one. On the way out, I had a sudden idea. Hello? Afternoon, Harold. Let me speak with Cal Hendricks, please. Oh, Cal, this is Steve Granger. One little news break. All right, all right, don't take a fit. I'm working on the Tengrove murder. Yeah, for the Polly boy. His sister hired me. Guilty? I should say not, Cal. 
just a couple of hours, I'll have a startling disclosure. Sure, you can print that. Call you later in the day. I'll continue with this interesting story in a minute. When you get a new... I knew that my friend Cal Hendricks would see that the next edition carried my statement about a startling disclosure. I hoped that it'd smoke out the real killer, if there was a real killer besides Ronald Polly. I hung around until the paper came out with the story, read through it, and decided to go into action. My first port of call would be the pool room Ronald Polly mentioned down on 8th Street. I walked in, looking for a dark, swarthy man who might answer Ronald Polly's description. There was none. I picked out one big fellow as the man of whom to ask questions. What do you want? Just a little information. You got the wrong address, pal. This is a pool room, not Grand Central Station. I'm uh, looking for a man. Short, black hair, dark complexion. I don't know nobody like that. Neither does anybody else around here. Uh-uh. What about a couple of kids who are supposed to hang around here? Billy Hanlon, Pete Brown. Look, pal, nobody here knows anything. Besides, we don't go for snoops. You a cop? I could be mixed up in the Tingrove thing. But you're not a cop. Not exactly. Okay. Now, I'll tell you something. Walk to that door and turn right. There's a subway station on the next corner. Take the uptown train and you'll be real well off. Don't give me that. All that... Your mouth, I mean. Just the same, I don't... Hey, boys, we got a smart guy here. He thinks he doesn't want to take a walk. What do you say, huh? Okay, I can take a I walked to the door, feeling that my head would be the recipient of a half dozen pool cues if I hung around any longer. Not that I'm a coward, but I've only got one skull and I want it to last me a long time. I walked up the street, hoping by instinct to find out in which building the mysterious stranger lived. This was a corner apartment house. I bent over the mailboxes trying to get the name of the manager when I felt the gun in my back. Let's take a little walk, pal. Where to? That car right there. In the back. Okay, kid. Start driving. You fella, hand over that gun you've got under your shoulder. First you don't like my company, now you do. Why, pal? You're moving in on my record. You're spoiling things for me. I'm beginning to see things. Billy, Pete, and the Polly kid worked for you as car strippers, didn't they? Maybe they did. Maybe you mixed up in the Tangro killing. If Ronald Polly pulled that job, he did it on his own. All I'm interested in is my own record. Not murder. If you're interested only in car stripping, I've got nothing against you. That's a police matter. I'm working on the Tangrove thing. Sure, pal. But you know about Hamlin, Brown, and Powley. I don't want the cops tying me in with them. I told you I'm interested in the Tangrove case. Ronald Powley's sister is paying me to clear the boy if I can. Would the kid's sister verify that? Sure, she would. Okay. 
I'll let you go. If you'll have the kid's sister tell me that you're working for her. Pull up where we can get to full. Nah, not so fast. You forget about this little snatch, too. That's a deal. I'll give you back your gun after I take out the bullets. We pulled up near a drugstore. I went in and phoned Irene Polly. She was puzzled at my strange request, but she talked to the guy and confirmed my story. He had no option except to agree that I was leveling with him. And he left the drugstore, got in his car, and drove off. I started walking uptown when I saw another car swing towards me. I saw what the driver had in one hand and hit the curb and the gutter. The bullets whizzed past my ears and the car screeched out of sight, but not before I'd noticed the make of the car. No number because the license plate had been removed. Obviously, I was getting too close to somebody for that somebody's comfort. But the jackpot question was, somebody who? In just a moment, I'll bring you the climax of the case. After the guy who was so anxious for me to take lessons playing the harp disappeared in a roar of exhaust pipes, I picked myself up from the sidewalk and took a look at my suit. I figured my tailor would be able to afford another payment on his new house. I also figured this would be a good time to call my pal, Cal Hendricks. Hey, Stevie, what's with you? Sore knees, torn suit, buzzing in the head, and incipient heart failure. Any more questions, Doctor? All right, all right, take it easy. Somebody just took a pot shot at me from a moving car. I got the make, but not the license number. Well, to my untruth like you, that suggests a stolen car. See, you're real bright today. Or it could be something else. I was just remembering a gimmick a gang of lofties used some years back. Yeah? This gang had never steal cars. There was too much risk involved. They go to a drive-yourself place and rent a car. Then take off the license plate? And just while the robbery was being committed. Hmm. Here's a classified directory. Start thumbing, son. Granger, I want to have a couple of words with you. Well, well, Lieutenant Rankin in person. The honest man's friend. Granger, I figured to be here with his apology from newsman. What's the matter, Jake? Look at this story in the paper. Did you give out a statement like that? Could be possible. What is this stopping discovery? Are you withholding evidence in a murder case? It occurs to me, Lieutenant, that Steve is tossing around a little string hoping to catch something. Is that true, Granger? Uh-huh. I hope the commissioner believes it. Because it's even hard for me to. Lieutenant Rankin stomped off in surly fashion, and I started calling rental services. I asked about a certain make of car. With slow, tedious work. Finally, I had a list of people who'd rented cars of that particular make the last day or so. I thanked Cal for the suggestion and went on to the Tangrove home. Yes, sir. My name is Granger. Like to speak with Mr. Tangrove. I'm sorry, sir, but Mr. Tangrove is not at home. I see. You the butler? Yes, sir. You found Mrs. Tangrove's body, didn't you? Yes, sir. And uh, you didn't notice anybody else around this place that day except the Polly boy? That is correct, sir. Mm. I have a list of names here. I wonder if you'd go over it and uh, tell me if you'd recognize any one of them. I'd be glad to, sir. Okay. Here, take a look. Uh, Robert French, James Curtis, Richard 
Dullard. Denon Vashley. I know him, sir. Who? Uh, Denon Vashley. He'd been treating Mrs. Tengrove. Is he a doctor? I believe, sir, he refers to himself as an occult therapist. What in the world is that? Well, I, I'm not quite certain, sir. It's some sort of mental treatment. Hmm. Do you have his address? Of course, sir. Would you like it? I certainly would. My hunch had paid off. Denon Vashley lived down on 8th Street, a block from the pool room and not far from police headquarters. This would be another good time to see Lieutenant Rankin at his place of business. I wanted him to find out more about this Denon Vashley before I paid him a visit. I got out of a taxi and started hoofing it towards police headquarters. The streets were crowded with vehicles of all kinds. I turned around just in time to catch a look at a fast-moving car. I hit the dirt like a baseball player sliding at a third base. All right, Granger. Get up out of the gutter. Thank you, Lieutenant. Nice of you to pop along just now. I got a prowl car, Jake, the man who shot at you. We'll find him, don't worry. I hope you do, Lieutenant, because I'm beginning to think he's the man who really killed Mrs. Tengrove. Doc, stop dreaming up things. Once and for all, I've got proof that Ronald Powley killed Miss Tengrove. Lab made a paraffin test on Ronald Powley's hands. It definitely proves that he fired the gun. Now, will you forget about the case? No, and for obvious reasons, Lieutenant. I've been shot at twice. It couldn't have been Ronald Powley because he's locked up. That doesn't mean a thing. I think it does. You haven't found the stolen jewelry either. Well, we're working on it. Look, Jake, do me two small favors, will you? Favors, huh? When you start talking like that, it usually means that I wind up with a worse headache than I got normally. Oh, what do you want? Check a guy named Denon Vashley. He's an occult therapist. Well, that's a new one for the books. He lives at this address over on 8th Street. Find out just what an occult therapist does. And what else? Let me talk to Ronald Crowley again. Ronald, um, I want you to answer every question I ask you. If you tell the truth, I might be able to get you out of this mess. What do you want to know? The pool room where you met this strange man. You lied to me before. You've hung around there a lot, haven't you? Yeah. You were working for the man who runs that pool room. You've kept right on stripping cars, haven't you? Well, I... Well, yeah. You're going to have to tell that to the police, Ronald. But first, just what happened in that man's room? Did he just rinse out your eye? Well, no. No, it hurt like the Dickens. I couldn't even let him get near it. So he said he'd give me a shot of some kind. In the arm. That's all you remember? Yeah, that's all. Well, Jake, what'd you find out about Vashley, or haven't you had time? I got a little information. According to his publicity, he relieves and, uh, get this, mental distress through hypnotism. Why, thank you, Lieutenant. You've tied it all up in a nice package. See you later. Where you up to now? To bring in the person who really killed Mrs. Tangrove. Rankin started fuming about my actions, but at last, and very grudgingly, gave me Denon Vashley's office address. I didn't go there first. Instead, I headed for Vashley's room in the corner apartment building on 8th Street. 
Lee wasn't around. The place was barely furnished, and there was nothing suspicious. Until I got into the bathroom hamper, there I found a bath towel with a series of holes burned through it. It had apparently been used to muffle the sound of a shot from a revolver that must have been placed in the hand of a hypnotized boy and fired. Result? A beautiful frame. I took the booty back to Lieutenant Rankin at Homicide. He wasn't impressed. Uh-uh, Granger. You'll have to bring in something more concrete than a towel that's been used to muffle a gunshot. At least bring in this guy, Bashby. Maybe you can snow him into making a false stop. No dice, Gumshoe. Come back when you got something good. Thanks, Jake. That's one of the things that endears you to me. You're so helpful. I left the lieutenant's office and headed for a phone booth. I've got a lead on who really killed Mrs. Sangro. Oh, you have? Yeah. You ever hear anything about a guy named Denon Bashley? V-A-S-H-L-I? Denon Bashley? He's the guy who fixed your brother's eye. Looks like he doped him, hypnotized him, and took him out of the Tangrove place as a fall guy. Oh, you sure? Almost. I'm going over to Bashley's office now. Maybe I can talk him into making a break. I hope you can. <laughs> Denon Bashley's office was in Midtown Manhattan, and eight times as luxurious as the room he had down on 8th Street. This was the anteroom, but no secretary graced the blonde maple desk. I looked a little farther and saw a man who must have been Bashley seated at another desk in the main office. He was just finishing a phone conversation. Very well, uh, thank you for calling. Yes, I should see you soon. Very soon. You wish to see me? I am Denon Bashley. Glad to meet you. Come in. Close the door. Sure. Now, uh, Mr. Granger, put up your hands. Please don't make a motion towards your gun. You know me, huh? I have been very aware of you for some time. You're the guy who shot at me from the moving car a couple of times. You have saved me the trouble of looking you up again. Don't move. My guess must have been close to the truth. You hypnotized the Pauly boy, huh? I don't mind telling you at all. I did. You put the gun in the boy's hand, fired it into the towel. Then you took him to the Tangrove home, killed the old girl with the same gun, took the jewelry, got the gun back in the boy's hand, and scrammed. Again, I don't mind telling you, naturally. Nice work. It took weeks of planning. First to get the combination of the safe. Second to find a suitable sucker, shall we call Ronald Pauli. Uh-huh. Third to put the plan into operation. You, Mr. Granger, came as an anticlimax. However, I have a plan for you, too. Please do not move. I have a needle here, all prepared for you. I'm going to sleep too, huh? Yes, and I hope your dreams are pleasant. This won't take long. Too long for me. Let go the gun, I'll break your wrist. No, I won't. Not until I finish. 
that's the story. I'll be back to wrap up the case in just a minute. I don't like guys with hypodermic needles. And I grabbed for Denon Vashley's gun hand. The gun went off, and the fake doctor fell with a bullet in his chest. I phoned for an ambulance and Lieutenant Rankin. Then we searched for the Tengrove jewelry. It was not around. And Vashley wasn't in a talking mood. I suddenly remembered something and took the lieutenant with me on an errand. Only I went in alone. Granger, have you found out that Dan and Vashley did the killing? I did. My brother, he's going free. He is. Oh, how can I ever thank you? By handing over the $30,000 worth of jewels, Irene. What? You were in the steel with Vashley. You framed your own brother into the shadow of the death chair. You're insane. Uh-uh, baby. Vashley had just hung up the phone when I walked into his place. You had called him, warned him about me. You were the only person who knew where I was going. You hoped I'd get rid of him so you could keep the loot. Prove it. And on Vashley will, when he recovers, he'll spot reams about you. Put up your hands. With pleasure. That's kind of a determined-looking revolver. Move to one side. I'm leaving. Okay.